What is the purpose of your life? Why are you alive right now? The fact is, as a child of God, the life you're living is not your life. This isn't about you. Contrary to popular opinion, you are not here on this planet for your own personal pleasure and satisfaction. In Romans 14, verses 7 and 8, we see that God gifted you with life so that you could live it for Him and for His glory. All of it. Every bit of it. All the time. So, be honest now. How are you doing with that? Well, welcome to today's episode of the Point of Purity Podcast. A weekly study filled to the brim with all the tools from Scripture you will ever need to build a lasting life of biblical purity. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. And I'm inviting you to grab your Bible and come on in as we discover today that you've got the power. Well, I want to start today's episode by telling you the story of a man named Mitchell. As a son of a pastor, Mitchell had a solid upbringing. Every time the doors of the church were open, Mitchell's family was there. As a teen, he was heavily involved in the church's youth group. He went to Christian high school. He was active in missions. After graduating high school, he went to a biblical college. There, he immediately connected with a traveling ministry, and he went all over the nation helping churches minister to the children of their congregation. While he was in college, Mitchell met a wonderful Christian gal by the name of Lee. A few months later, Mitchell and Lee got married. Now, by the time Mitchell was 32 years old, he had four wonderful children. He was enjoying a successful career in sales. In fact, everywhere Mitchell went, people just fell in love with him. He read his Bible daily, attended church weekly, and prayed as often as he could. However, Mitchell was an unhappy man. All the money he had saved wasn't bringing the satisfaction he so desperately wanted. All the friends that he surrounded himself with weren't bringing him the happiness he expected. He even tried some of the more forbidden pleasures that this world had to offer. But even those didn't ease his sense that something significant was still missing in his life. In short, King Me kept wanting more and more and more. Well, as a result, Mitchell's marriage was falling apart. His family was disintegrating before his eyes. He began hopping from job to job, always blaming management for his failures and his frustrations. Mitchell began to feed an addiction to pornography. He used it as an escape mechanism to help him cope with all of the pain that he was experiencing. And of course, this drove him further into depression and anxiety and despair. King Me was not a happy camper. And finally, Mitchell made a failed attempt at suicide. You know, Mitchell's story is described very well by King David in Psalm 39, verse 6, which says, Man is a mere phantom as he goes to and fro. He bustles about, but only in vain. He heaps up wealth, not knowing who will get it. David's son Solomon put it this way in Ecclesiastes 1.14. He said, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless a chasing after the wind. He also wrote in Ecclesiastes 2, verse 11, When I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever wondered at the end of every day, what's the point? The problem Mitchell struggled with 
is one that really all of us can relate to. You see, at the heart of all of Mitchell's problems, his failures and his frustrations, was a worship disorder. He had turned his focus inward. King me was sitting high and mighty on the throne of his heart. King me was dictating his thoughts, his behavior, his attitude, his actions, and he was a miserable man. You know, Mitchell could have saved himself a lot of heartache and a lot of frustration if he'd only started his quest with God instead of self. And I wonder, could it be that there's a lesson here for you and I to learn as well? We could save ourselves that same heartache, that same frustration, if we would just start out each and every day with God instead of King me. You know, 1 Corinthians 10.31 commands, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Well, 1 Peter 4.11 answers that. That verse says, In everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. 1 Peter 4.11 You see, my friend, God created you with a purpose. You were designed by the Almighty to glorify him. It's programmed within your very DNA. It's at the very heart of who you are. God wants you to grow into a deeper relationship with Him. He's calling you, even here, right now, as you're listening to this episode, He is calling you to live a godly life, a life that brings honor and glory to Him in everything you think, everything you say, and everything you do. I submit that true purpose and meaning to life cannot be found in fame or fortune. It won't be discovered through people or pleasure. All those things are naturally focused on feeding King Me. Typically, the primary reason that we pursue those things is to make King Me happy, 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 fulfilled, satisfied, and content. And when those things fail to achieve the goal, and by the way, fail they will, because King Me can never truly be happy, when they fail to achieve the goal, we abandon them in search of something else, in hopes that maybe the next great thing is what will bring that elusive happiness that we're so desperately seeking. Isaiah asks a very important question that I think we would do well to consider. He asks, why spend your labor on what does not satisfy? Isaiah 55, 2. Listen to that verse again. Why spend your labor on what does not satisfy? In fact, I want you to seriously consider this question. Why do I choose, why do you choose to waste time and energy on things that cannot and will not bring lasting satisfaction? Let's go back to the story of of Mitchell that I opened the, the episode with. Today, Mitchell and Lee are enjoying a fantastic marriage. They're involved in a counseling ministry through their church. They are focused on helping couples find hope, healing, and restoration in their marriages Mitchell is now in full-time ministry serving God actively. What happened? What changed? Why the huge turnaround? The answer? Well, God showed Mitchell who was sitting on the throne of his heart, and it wasn't God. The Holy Spirit began to convict Mitchell of his worship disorder. You see, Mitchell had started with self, and he ended with God. May I suggest that we learn from that mistake? that we choose right here and right now 
to remove King Me from the equation altogether and just start every day with God. My friend, I don't want you to reach the end of your life saying, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain for nothing, Isaiah 49.4. Well, I'm not sure who said this, but I think it bears repeating. You cannot go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says that God's divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness through your knowledge of him who called you by his own glory and goodness. Now, there is a promise with a punch. I mean, think about what I just read to you. Listen to it again. God's divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness through your knowledge of him who called you by his own glory and goodness. Here's what I want you to grab from that verse. God has already given you everything you need to live a godly life. Now, this is so powerful. I've got to repeat this. Listen, God has already given you everything you need to live a godly life that honors and glorifies him at all times. He's given you everything you need to defeat the beast. He's given you everything you need to to remove King Me from the throne of your heart. He's given you everything you need to live for him. You've got the power. And what an amazing power it is. I want you to notice in 2 Peter 1.3 that Peter says it's God's divine power that provides you with everything you need to live a godly life. Whose power? Not yours. (laughs) Definitely not mine. Truth be told, you and I, we're totally incapable of being godly all on our own. Correct? No, it's God's power. It's, it's his alone. It belongs not to King me, but to the King of glory. Psalm 24, 8 says, who is this King of glory? He's the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. First Chronicles 29, verse 11 says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. You are exalted as head above all. God has graciously and freely given to you his power, equipping you to be godly. So that begs the question, what kind of power is this talking about? What kind of power does God have? Well, think about it this way. God's power is the ability to create the entire universe and all that is in it out of absolutely nothing with just a word. Can you do that? Do you have that kind of power? I know I don't. Psalm 147 verses 4 and 5 tells us, He, God, determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. Isaiah 45, 7, God says, I form the light and create the darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Hmm. I know I can't do them. Can you? Jeremiah describes it this way. God made the earth by his power. He founded the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding. Jeremiah 10, verse 12. 
Now think about this. I mean, this, this is just a, a few little verses that tell, tell us that God simply spoke and it happened. He said a word and something came out of nothing. My friend, that is ultimate power. And 2 Peter 1.3 is telling us it is that very power that provides us with everything we need to live that godly life. There is absolutely nothing that kind of power cannot do, which means there is nothing that you lack to be godly. Not only is God so powerful that he created the universe out of nothing, Paul tells us that by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also, 1 Corinthians 6.14. Yeah, you heard correctly. God raised Christ from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him, Acts 2.24. That is incomprehensible power. Now, don't miss this. That is the divine power that God has given to you. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Listen again to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. God's divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness through your knowledge of him who called you by his own glory and goodness. In other words, you've got the power. Okay, now let's hold on for just a moment. Steve, are you saying that God has given me the ability to speak and have a universe come into being? No, of course not. I'm not saying he's given you the power to raise the dead to life. Uh Uh-uh. But I am saying, listen closely, watch this now. I am saying that he has given you the ability to remove King me from the throne of your heart. And he has given you his divine power to enable you to live your life every single day entirely for God. You can do it. God has equipped you with everything you need to honor and glorify Him, not just on Sundays, not just when the going is good, all the time, every time. So please, don't sit there whining and whimpering that you can't be consistently godly. Yes, you can. Don't you dare try to weasel your way out of living daily for God because it's just too hard, or I don't think I have what it takes to be consistently godly. You've got the divine power of the Almighty, most sovereign God, the creator of the universe dwelling within you. So stop trying on your own and start trusting in God. When contemplating all that God is, the author of First Chronicles writes, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. First Chronicles 29, 11 and 12. Oh, truly, he rules forever by his power. Psalm 66, 7. So I suggest, I submit, it would be very wise for you and I to follow our Heavenly Father's advice to be still and know that he is God. Psalm 46, 10. 
Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Isaiah 40, 28 and 29. It is only the God of peace who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Only God can equip you with everything good for doing his will. Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. How awesome is that? Ephesians 5 verse 1 commands you and I to imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Ephesians 5 1. When you are imitating someone, think about this. What exactly are you doing? Furthermore, you're to imitate God. That's what Ephesians 5 1 is commanding us. So, in what ways, and this is what I want you to think about, in what ways are you to imitate God? I want you to consider this next point very carefully. Only God can always be godly. Now, let me repeat that. Only God can always be godly. Now, I realize that statement's about as as basically fundamental as saying that apples grow on trees, fire is hot, and water is wet. Let's take a moment and really think about this. Only God can always be godly. The ability to consistently, every second of every day, live a godly life does not naturally reside within you. It definitely does not naturally reside within me. On our own, we can never be godly. All we can be are people trying to be godly. That's because only God is godly. This is why when King me is sitting on the throne of my heart, I will always fail always fail to live a life that glorifies God. Think with me for a moment about a a cordless power drill, specifically a power drill, cordless power drill without its battery pack. You're holding it in your hand. All on its own, it's a worthless collection of parts that can do nothing. I pick it up, I pull the trigger, nothing is going to happen. It is incapable of doing what it was created to do. Why? Because it doesn't have the battery. Without the battery plugged in, it has no power. Now watch this. Just like a power drill without its battery, on our own, you and I are merely a shell. We are unable to accomplish anything good for God. Here's my point. Godliness is not, catch this, bold print, highlight, underline, circle, put a star by it, not. Godliness is not you or me intentionally doing or being something. What I mean is this. You're not a godly person simply because you teach a Sunday school class. You're not a godly person because you serve on on this committee or that board at church. You're not a godly person because you lead a small group Bible study or even authoring a book on the topic or doing a series of podcasts on it. You are godly. Now watch this. You are godly when you allow your heavenly Father to live his natural godliness through you, moment by moment, day by day. This is why it is so vital that you keep King me off the throne of your heart. Let me repeat this last point. You are godly when you allow your heavenly Father to live his godliness through you, moment by moment, day by day. 
in John chapter 3, verse 30. John wrote that for God to become greater in our lives, we must first become less. It must not be about you, my friend. Not now. Not now. Not now. Definitely not now. Not five minutes from now. Not five hours, five days, even five years from now. Never is it about you. Only when King Me steps off the throne of your heart and you let God take his rightful place, only then will his divine power flow through you, giving you everything you need to live a consistent, godly life. Well, we're going to pause our thoughts here and continue on next week. But right for right now, if you'd like to learn more about today's study or if you're interested in learning more about our ministry, I encourage you to visit our website and discover the multitude of resources that we've made available to you. You can find our website at www.thepuritycoach, all one word, thepuritycoach.com. And one of those resources that you'll find on our website, and I'd like to highlight for you today, is my online course entitled Overcoming Temptation, Four Steps to Spiritual Victory. You see, saying no Choosing to live an upright and godly life, that's a daily decision that you and I must make. And every time you are faced with a temptation, every time, you are also faced with a decision. Do I give in or do I stand firm in my faith and fight? Do I yield to the Holy Spirit and glorify God? Or do I focus on King me and give in to my fleshly desires? In this nine-lesson online course entitled Overcoming Temptation, Four Steps to Spiritual Victory, you'll discover in a very clear and practical way how to live a life that is holy and pure, how to say no to sin, and how to live in full and complete surrender to God. And I'm excited to announce that this nine-week course is available right now for only $55. You can find the course, you can sign up for the course at this website, ChristianGrowthAcademy.com. It's all one word, ChristianGrowthAcademy.com. So I strongly encourage you to visit ChristianGrowthAcademy.com and purchase your place in this online course so that you can discover how to overcome temptation and consistently live the life that God has called you to live, a life of holiness, a life of godliness, a life that honors and glorifies God. (laughs) a life of freedom. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. And if this has ministered to you, if this has blessed you, challenged you, encouraged you, would you do three things? First of all, would you please let your friends know about the Point of Purity podcast? Help us help men and women across the globe win their war for sexual purity and live in freedom. Now, because I am a not-for-profit ministry, I can't afford a marketing budget, so I can't put money into letting people across the globe know about this podcast. So as a result, the only way that people are going to hear about this Point of Purity podcast is if you, our listeners, tell others about it. So would you please partner with us by helping us spread the news? And then second, and this is so important, Please take a few moments right now, 30 seconds, to go over to your favorite podcast player and rate our program in this specific episode. Why? Because every time you do, your rating lets them know this podcast is important. It's valuable. Your rating helps us get this program and this ministry into the ears and the hearts of people just like you. 
Now, maybe you're sitting there saying, well, I already did that. I did that last episode or two or three episodes ago. It's important that you do this every episode. Now, you're not sure what to do? Let me quickly explain. If you're using an Apple device, simply go to Apple Podcasts, if you're not already there. Open up this episode, episode number 36, if you're not already there. And scroll to the very bottom of the ratings and review section. There, you can give the episode a five-star rating and a short written review. Please do both. And for you Android users, click the Podchaser link that's in the show notes and leave your rating and review. And then the third thing I ask of you is this. If you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, may I encourage you, please do so today. I don't want you to miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you subscribe, you'll get notifications when the episode is released. Well, until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, he must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. <laughs>